Hi, this is Sarah McCaslin, and in this Forgotten Sheep podcast, we're going to be talking about a missionary couple, Darlene uh, Diebler-Rose and her husband, Russell Diebler, and we're mainly going to be talking about Darlene because, sad to say, Russell goes to be with the Lord rather early on, but that's who we're going to be talking about, and I consider Darlene to be one of the bravest female Christian missionaries in the last century, if not ever. One of the bravest. So Darlene was born Darlene McIntosh on May 10, 1917. She became a born-again Christian when she was nine years old. And the Lord started dealing with her about the mission field when she was just a teenager, when she was 13 during a revival. And Darlene committed herself to the Lord and agreed to the Lord that she would go to the mission field if that's where he wanted her to go. And at that time, the Lord gave her a scripture, a promise. And the promise that the Lord had given her was, Go, I am with you always. And that's kind of important to keep in mind as we talk about Darlene's story. Well, when she got through with high school, she headed off for missionary training uh, with the Christian Missionary Alliance, the CMA denomination. And uh, when she was 19, she was at a district young people's rally in Boone, Iowa, where she, uh, where she grew up. And there, one of the church ladies introduced her to Russell Diebler. And he was smitten as soon as he found out this beautiful girl was studying to be a missionary. He was smitten. In fact, when he met her, he was so taken with her that a short while after, Russell vowed to himself that he was going to make Darlene his wife. And Darlene began to fall in love with him. And he began to spend as much of his time as he could visiting her and her family in Boone, Iowa. Well, the following spring, he confesses to Darlene that he had vowed to marry her and proposes to her but he's got uh, a thing he's got a couple of concerns the first one is that he's 12 years older than Darlene but Darlene said that didn't matter to her didn't make any difference to her the second concern that the young couple had was the fact that Russell was already established in the mission field and they were concerned whether or not the mission board would approve her joining him as his wife and so they took it to the Lord in prayer And they believed that if it was the Lord's will for the two of them to be man and wife, that the Lord would work things out. And indeed, that's exactly what happened. So Darlene and Russell were married. And one year after they were married, they were off to the Dutch East Indies. Let me say that again. That's kind of a tongue twister. Dutch East Indies. uh, To begin their missionary work together. And one of the cool things about this that had them so excited is that they had just in that area spotted um, some tribes that no one had ever reached with the gospel before. So this was a fantastic opportunity for them to do some pioneer missionary work. Now, Russell, as I mentioned, was already an established missionary and a well-respected Christian and missionary. Um, His primary work had been in Borneo and the Lord had truly called this young man and truly anointed him In Borneo, in less than three years, Russell saw 946 headhunters born again. 
946 in a space of less than three years. Now, another plus on Russell's side was that he was working very closely with one of the uh, great Christian Missionary Alliance leaders, um, Robert A. Jaffrey. And he was heavily influenced by Jaffrey's, Jaffrey's commitment to missions and Jaffrey's godly life. And Jaffrey is going to be a big part of Darlene and Russell's adventures in missionarying. So their work was going to be in Indonesia. And they arrive in Indonesia. And now, as a couple, they had a motto. And I love this motto. One shall chase a thousand, but two shall put ten thousand to flight. Sadly, after they get in Indonesia, they have to split up for a while. Um, Russell is going to head deep into the jungle, deep into... Uh, with another missionary, Russell's headed deep, deep into New Guinea in order to reach these tribes that have not been touched by missionary work before. And they're going to be separated for several months. Now, that's going to be hard. They had been married when, this, uh, when their work in Indonesia started. They had only been married a year. So they're still kind of newlyweds. So this is going to be hard on them. And Darlene said that if she had a choice she wouldn't have been separated from Russell. But she said the Lord had promised her when she made that commitment to the mission field that he would be with her always. And so she said, remembering what I had read of the trail where Russell and the other missionary were heading, I commended Russell and the carriers, those were the people carrying the equipment for the missionaries, continually to the Lord for strength and safety. And let's just say it's just as well that Darlene didn't know what all Russell was going through. They're, uh, they're, they're headed to this area, and there's not enough uh, carriers for both missionaries to go. So they were going to turn back, and Russell said, I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead. And he sent the other missionary back. So Russell forges ahead. They're going through mud up to their waist. They're going through whitewater rapids, okay? They're going across limestone outcroppings covered with moss. That's hiding the fact that there's these jagged edges of limestone that are so sharp that they basically cut the sole of Russell's boots to pieces. And these were police field boots that Russell was wearing. They end up caught in an icy rainstorm that is uh, flooding the area. They end up... Oh, man, they end up getting capsized in the middle of an icy cold lake. And through all of this, Russell just keeps going, although he did get discouraged. And Russell said that when he got discouraged, when he was at his most discouraged, the Lord said, Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. From Joshua 1.9. And that's a powerful promise. And that's a powerful promise for us to hold on to also. We may not be physically going through mud up to our waist and icy waters and getting our feet sliced to pieces on limestone. But we may be going through some pretty rough emotional trials. We may be going through some pretty rough things with our health, with our family, with things... Uh, in our environment that we live and work in. And yet we can do like Russell. And when we get discouraged, we can take hold on God's promises.
And as the Lord told Joshua, Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And you know what? Russell made it all the way to those untouched tribes, and he was able to work with them and uh, begin to make arrangements for eventually he and Darlene to return to work with them some more. Well, as Russell is preparing to uh, return to the missionary outpost, return to his uh, wife Darlene, he meets a gentleman that is a, I believe he was a uh, patrol officer, a local native patrol officer. And this patrol officer had begun to talk with uh, Russell, and Russell had no doubt witnessed to him. And Russell had severely damaged his feet with all he had been through. I mentioned his boots just getting shredded on that limestone, and he ended up with cuts uh, in his feet, and then in all the mud and being exposed to water so much, his feet ended up terribly infected, and he couldn't walk on them. And yeah, he's he's uh, plowing ahead. He's heading back, and this patrol officer became very sick with a fever, and the government had arranged to evacuate their patrol officer. And he asked Russell, he said, will you come with me on this plane? He said, Russell, if you try to go back the way that you came, you're not going to make it alive. You don't realize how sick you are. You don't realize how infected your feet are. And so Russell agrees. And you know, that flight may very well have saved Russell's life. So Russell makes it back to his bride, Darlene. She doesn't even recognize him when she sees him. He's lost so much weight. He just looks like a skeleton. And he looks so tired and weary. And his feet are in horrible condition. And it's Darlene's job to... I believe what they call us is gentle rot. And it was Darlene's job every morning to care for his feet. And part of it was draining them. uh, Draining the infection out. And then removing the loose skin from his feet. And uh, I imagine that was painful for Russell. And I imagine that was hard for Darlene. So that's that's some of what the pioneer missionaries go through that we don't always realize. You know, we don't always understand the severe trials that were faced by missionaries as they go into unreached areas. But he made it back. Darlene treated his feet, and she must have done an awfully good job on it because his feet healed up. And as soon as he was clear to walk again, he started preparing to return. So, Russell is going to head back. This time, he's got a lot better help than he did last time. Uh, Local Christians have decided to help Russell with this trip. They were... um, the Dayak tribe of nearby Borneo, and many of them were his personal converts. And I always love it in missionary stories when the the missionaries' converts rise up and uh, take hold on things and become leaders in their own right. And these guys were incredible. They were much better than the last group that Russell had traveled with. They could build bridges. They could dig out their own canoes. And Russell didn't have to worry about them abandoning him in the middle of the night because they were his friends. And they were far more adapted to traveling through these scary conditions. And believe it or not, these men that Russell's going to head back into the jungle with are former headhunters. So initially, Russell doesn't take Darlene with him. 
But as he begins to settle in with the tribe and begins to work with these these new people, the locals told Russell that they just didn't believe that he was a man, that he had to be something else. Not, not, not saying that he was a woman, but he wasn't human. First of all, they said he couldn't have survived these trips to reach them. And he didn't have a wife, and they just knew that every man had a wife. So that was Russell's excuse to send back for Darlene. And Darlene was excited to be able to go. Um, the Dyaks went back to get Darlene. And so she was accompanied through this jungle, this treacherous, scary jungle, by her husband's converts. I, I just, To me, that's just touching, and I think it's neat. And so she was up for the challenge, and she was delighted at the opportunity to start reaching some people for the Lord and doing some missionary work. And one of the pictures from Darlene's book shows her on this uh, suspension bridge made by the locals, not, and we're not talking a steel or suspension bridge, this scary-looking suspension bridge. And here's Darlene with this determined look on her face, a big a big hat on to protect her from the sun, a backpack on, and a hand on either side of this suspension bridge that looks like it's mostly woven. And, you know, that kind of summarizes Darlene's attitude. This girl, she seemed fearless. She was up for anything. I think she must have had a very adventurous spirit to travel with former headhunters through the jungle to reach a, a tribe deep, deep in the as we'd call it, Texas in the middle of nowhere. And like I said, there was things like uh, rapids, chasms, mountainous regions, mud, and you know there was wildlife and there were mosquitoes. And that's, for me, that's what would put me off of it is the mosquitoes. But hey, Darlene headed on. That's where the people were that the Lord wanted her to reach. She would go and believe that the Lord would be with her. So she arrives. Uh, and the chief comes up to her and says, I can't believe that you're a woman. You know, again, she'd made this arduous journey. First of all, it wasn't that it had to be her husband wasn't human. And now, oh, no, this is a woman. And I love how Darlene handled it. She removed her hairpins and let her long hair down. And he was shocked. And he said, she is indeed a woman. No man has ever had hair that beautiful. <laughs> you know, that must have made her chuckle. And there's another picture uh, from her book of uh, the woven hut that she and her husband built that was like what the locals lived in. And she's sitting there, and it looks like she's got a box for a table and a piece of cloth spread over it. And what looks like a coffee can with some flowers stuck in it. And she's sitting there in a chair looking all prim and proper. I thought that was cute how she handled the thing, let her hair down. Uh, probably let her hair down in more ways than one. And she was quickly accepted by the locals. They really took a liking to Darlene. And she was the first white woman they had ever seen in their lives. And one little boy who was an orphan was assigned to be Darlene's assistant. And she became very, very attached to this little boy. And she treated him more like a son than her assistant. And guess what? He became a Christian and was born again. Now, things are about to change dramatically uh, for this young missionary couple. In 1941, a large missionary conference was held 
that forced Russell and Darlene to leave their village behind, the village that they had been working in. So they headed to the conference, and there was a vote, and by a write-in ballot, Russell was uh, unanimously elected to be Robert Jaffrey's assistant. And Robert Jaffrey was the head of missions in Indochina, that whole, that whole region. And so he was made Jaffrey's assistant. And this was really a big deal, a big promotion uh, for Russell. The thing is, it took them out of direct missionary work, which disappointed them. But again, they took it as God's will. Wherever the Lord sent them, that's where they were going to go. That is the commitment that they had both individually and as a couple made to God. And this happened to also be the year the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. So this is the beginning of World War II. So this band of missionaries here in Indochina, they were distressed every night as they listened to the radio for updates on the war. And friends they had made, well, on their missionary travels, um, they had friends in areas where the Japanese were invading, and they had friends in areas where the Germans were invading and marching through. And then things took a turn for the worse for the missionaries in Indochina when the Japanese invaded Borneo on January 2nd, 1942. They're getting closer and closer to where Russell and Darlene and Robert Jaffrey are. They occupied Manila, and then on February 4th, they demanded the unconditional surrender of Singapore. And so it's just like as the Japanese are marching through, these countries are just toppling before them. And on February 9th, they landed on the Celebes Island. And then on March 13th, they arrived where Russell and Darlene and Robert Jaffrey were. Uh, Jaffrey and his, his family and another missionary couple. And Darlene said Japanese soldiers and an officer entered the house and said, We're taking them in. Get some clothes together for them, no suitcases, and do it quick. And so Darlene is handing, putting in Russell's hands his things while he's being loaded in a truck. And he leaned over the tailgate of the truck very quietly. And it's like he had a knowing from the Lord what was going to be happening. And he said, remember one thing, dear. God said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. And then that truck drove off, and that was the last time Darlene would ever see Russell again. But those last words to her, what powerful words and what a powerful testimony that those were the words coming out of his mouth as he's being led away captive by an enemy that is known for its fierceness and cruelty. I'm going to read that again. He said to her, remember one thing, dear. God said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Now that, my friends, that is faith in God. That is faith in God. And that kind of thing doesn't happen from just a nominal Christianity. That comes from having a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus Christ, where you learn to trust in the Lord. That's built up through a, a loving commitment to God. And again, the grace of God, where the Lord said His grace would be sufficient. His grace was there for Russell and Darlene as they separated. And there were horrible things awaiting the male uh, POWs of the Japanese. 
you can just do us if you can do a search on the web for pictures and images and you'll see you'll see men just that look like skeletons that have been half starved you'll see men being uh being beheaded with swords you'll see bodies being treated with disrespect to give you an idea of the horrors that these missionaries are entering there's one picture shows a pair of Japanese officers, and it says these officers had a contest to see who could be the first to cut off a hundred heads. And most of their victims were civilians, weren't even enemy soldiers, but were civilians. And another one, there's a picture of a young Australian uh, commando from the Australian Army, and his arms are tied to his sides, and he's kneeling down on the ground, and he's blindfolded. And standing beside him is a Japanese officer with a sword raised up. And the blindfolded young man was Sergeant Leonard Sifflet, and he was captured, tortured, and beheaded. And so these are the horrors that Darlene's husband and Robert Jaffrey, the man that he was his assistant, that's what they're heading into. And yet... The Lord was with them. And just because the Lord is with us, it doesn't mean that we're not going to go through scary times. It doesn't mean we're not going to be mistreated. It doesn't even mean that we won't necessarily die as a result of what's happening. But it means the Lord will be with us. And so that's the first part of Darlene's story. And it ends on a very sobering note, the last time she would ever see her husband alive. But as I, as I end this podcast, be assured that the Lord is going to be with Darlene. And he's going to bring her through this in a wonderful, wonderful way. And she comes out with a powerful testimony of the faithfulness of God. And the grace of God and the keeping power of God. So I thank you for listening. And keep your eel, let me try this again, keep your ears peeled for part two.